This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Bell Media shuttered a whole bunch of local radio stations a few weeks ago. That's the part of the story that was widely reported. What was reported a little bit less is the number of radio stations that ended up being bought by regional broadcast companies. So that issue and those layoffs have renewed the focus on the concept of de-amalgamation in the Canadian media landscape and what that could mean for local journalism. Kevin Shaw has some thoughts on this. Kevin is the host of Mind Your Own Business on AMI-tv. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Nice to chat with you today. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me yet again. (laughs) Always talking about layoffs in the media. You and I have found a little beat for ourselves here, but that's okay. You know, my I t- my my name's about to become Doctor Doom because every time I come on, I'm talking about some media organization that's like laying people off or going out of business. There's there's a little bit of doom, but I think somewhere in here, you and I are going to find some optimism. So let let let's start with perhaps a little bit of the pessimism. What's your mm-hmm. thought about the recent layoffs and their impact on the landscape of Canadian media? Well, I, this, this, it's huge. Um, you know, it's the end of an era. People need to remember that if this round of layoffs comes after yet another round of layoffs by Bell, uh, I think last summer. And they've now laid off a, a, a total of, I think, 10% of their workforce altogether. Uh, and this is a lot of local local stations, local radio, local TV um, you know, huge hits to the journalism department. I, I've got friends who work at Bell uh, who were affected by, yeah, by this stuff. And, um, you know, it's not it's not great for them, obviously, but I, I think it speaks to the shifting sands of, of the Canadian media landscape. People are cutting the cord. People are going online and they're getting, uh, you know, they're, they're getting Netflix and they're getting entertainment and news in different ways and you know the the big dinosaur media is uh, is having to play catch up. Yeah, specifically on the radio front, though, I think you and I have talked a lot about digital and television sure. in these conversations. Yeah. In this case, a lot of these layoffs fell in the radio landscape and you've got a long time background in local radio i've got a long time background in local radio it's still my first love in media same what do you believe the importance of local radio is because ultimately that's at the crux of this the consequences of losing local radio run a little bit deeper than just sort of a broader conversation about a, a a crippling media landscape apologies for the ableism yeah you know look um Radio is always going to be magical. Um, walking by and seeing a DJ live and then, you know, listening to your headphones and, and hearing that in real time, there is, there's nothing like it. Radio was a, you know, such a revolutionary technology in uh, back in the 19 teens and twenties, you know, that magic never really went away. And, you know, we used to, we used to sing songs about radio, the spirit of radio, and listen to the radio and Radio Gaga and so forth. And so it 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 has a special place. 
Um, I think in this case, we're we're looking at um, to the end of formulaic radio, and and I've talked a little bit about this on my blog. I, I've got much more to say about this uh, as a recovering radiophile, um, but <laughs> you know, I, I think that the uh, I think that the that the changes here are actually ultimately good for for local radio. Oh, okay, here's where you and I can find that common thread of optimism here, because I also have felt for the better part of 15 to 20 years, there's been way too much consolidation in the radio industry and not enough lo true local radio or at the very least regional radio networks. Mm -hmm. What are the benefits of moving more to this de-amalgamized model where maybe it's a smaller company like Vista Radio that owns 30 or 40 stations or my sure. FM that owns 20 or 30 stations, but that it's very regionally focused. Well, I mean, I'm going to give a shout out here to my, my former history of news professor, Gene Allen, who um, wrote for the Globe and Mail and, and did a lot of journalism work because he talked about this in our history of news class. And if you look at the history of news and the history of media, uh, there is this theme of amalgamation, deamalgamation, aggregation, disaggregation. And we're going through the cycle of disaggregation now where we have, um, in, in the radio business, we, we call them LMAs or local management arrangements. And so you might have, let's say, four FM, uh, four FM, uh, four AM stations in a market, and you've got them all housed out of the same building. Uh, using the same studios, using the same production facilities. Now that you don't have that anymore with, with some of these local stations being sold off, you, you don't have this genericization of radio where um, you're just going to go automatically to the format that's going to work, where it's all country, all rock, classic rock, um, top 40 and you can basically just ship a hard drive to these radio stations now and, and just have a couple of swing announcers come in, pay them part-time salaries, and, and just have them yak about, uh, you know, what song was played in the weather. Um, that, I think, thankfully, is going away. And now we can actually give control back to the people who actually have their hands on the equipment, actually have their hands on the buttons, and who can actually choose the music that we get to listen to on, on the radio and choose the talk that we get to listen yes, to as well. Yes, yes. That's where, that's where I think local radio can still be king when done properly. Yes. Actual yes. connection to a local community, whether that be the DJ, the DJ between songs or whether that be local talk radio. I, I know yep. that local talk radio can be tough in smaller markets, but it's only tough because it was never resourced properly. You didn't have enough people on beats around the city talking about stuff that actually matters to people. <laughs> yeah, and and I think with the cost of production coming down, um, I mean, really, to run a radio station today, you don't need a, a huge overhead. Um, you know, if people are doing this on podcasts and, and going out and doing the hyper-local stuff on, on pod, podcasts, you know, with microphones that plug right into your computer and, and sound way better. I mean, I'm, I'm using a, you know, a, a ring light and a, and a live mic here that I bought off of Amazon for, mm. you know, less than 200 bucks. And, uh, if you don't mind me saying so, I look and sound great, um, you know, according to your producer. Um, you know, uh, if we can do that for, for 
for local TV and, and uh, you know, a national broadcaster like AMI, just imagine what we can do with local radio. And, um, you know, once you've got a quiet room and, and a decent microphone, you, you've got a, you've, you're ready to broadcast. Everything else is just going to come off the computer. And, and um, I think this is a, a huge, huge uh, win for, for local markets. And they can actually just start taking back control from, uh, uh, you know, these, these kind of megaliths corp- and, and corporate giants that have, have really set uh, editorial policy and broadcast policy for a lot of these local radio stations. There's one more question here, and this may be a little too deep in the weeds, but I know the conversation is happening in and around the industry, and that's the regulatory side of this. Because I agree with you, the actual active production, the barrier to entry has gone way, way down. But especially when you talk about local radio, you're still looking for access to the FM or AM band, and that requires some money on transponders and transmitters and also Mm -hmm. regulatory approval. So what would you like to see from the regulatory framework in regards to local radio? Well, the CRTC wants to regulate a lot of stuff. Um, I, I think we've kind of hamstrung our, our, ourselves with with CanCon regulations, with um, the the way that formats are generally done now. Um, you know, with with the CRTC, I think a lot of these rules need to be relaxed so that we can allow for innovation. And you know, don't get me wrong, I, I think CanCon rules on radio have have done wonders for the Canadian music industry. Um, But I I think it's time that we maybe consider relaxing some of those rules and allow what's great to float to the top in in terms of music. Mm. Um, And in terms of talk, I I don't think there should be a lot of regulation. Obviously, you know, you want to make sure that that people are going on and using the airways responsibly. Um, you know, free speech is responsible speech, as I, as I like to say, or, or my high school motto is freedom with responsibility, uh, which which I, I firmly believe in. Um, and so, you know, if, if we have that mindset going into, uh, you know, a new broadcast space when we're licensing new AM and FM stations, uh, I, I don't think that there's going to be a lot for the CRTC to do other than making sure that people are, are following the Broadcast Act and, and uh you know, that they're putting decent content out. Yeah, if, if you're going to put guardrails, make the guardrails reasonable. Kevin, one of the reasons yeah. why I framed that question for you is there are people in the industry who are talking about Canadian content. And you and I have, have batted Canadian content back and forth <laughs> a couple times together. We we had some commonality and we had some disagreement. But pe- what people in, the, in some corners of the industry are calling for is even for a music station to say Canadian content can be defined differently. Because for years and years, you could only get your Canadian content from the music under a very specified formula. And what people in the industry are saying is, hey, what about my local news update? Shouldn't that count as Canadian content? What about my local weather forecast? What about shouting out local community events? Doesn't that constitute Canadian content as well? And I find that argument to be persuasive. I might not agree with it 100%, but I do find it to be persuasive. Well, I mean, the, the, the question here is, are we creating Canadian culture with the content that we're putting on the air? Oh, I like that. And culture comes from music. Culture comes from artistic creations that, that uh, you know, actually have some 
level of creativity around them. Um, I don't know that, that that I would agree that, let's say, weather or news would constitute driving Canadian culture. Um, you know, that, that comes from music, that comes from TV, that comes from story, uh, that comes from things that are actually, that are actually making culture. And, and, you know, sure, um, Drake is as much, uh, Canadian culture as Celine Dion or Shania Twain or, um, you know, any of these other, you know, maestro, any of these other people that, that have gone out and built Canadian culture to the point where, um, we have things that are uniquely ours, um, you know, I think maybe a further conversation for us to have in the future is is the the role of AI that that's uh, going to be played in radio oh, no. really soon. Oh, gosh, <laughs> when uh, you know your local weather forecast and news is is done by an AI bot. Oh man, <laughs> um, you know, but but people want to follow their muse and and Canadian culture and music and 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 creative efforts are are a huge part of that and i don't think that's ever going to go away yeah to a degree that's already happening when my echo gives me the weather forecast in the morning when i right. ask her to uh, play some music for me <laughs> uh kevin you look good you sound good and you're also a super smart guy thank you for taking the time today thanks dave <laughs> that's kevin shaw he's the host of mind your own business mind your own business airs wednesdays at 9 p.m eastern time on ami tv and then you can catch it on demand at ami plus coming up after the break maybe pessimism maybe optimism future of the planet and environmental concerns alex smythe bringing that uplifting subject to the round table this is now with dave brown on ami tv Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.